Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, it is the 13th of September. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance and startups as well. On this Monday, I'm Nadine Blaney. How are you, Andrew? I'm very well, Nadine. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Yeah, we had a bit of momentum this morning and it sort of fizzled a bit, but um, actually it was Sydney airports that were out of the blocks, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, obviously, there are you know a few ripe assets out there for the picking. Yes, there are. Um, but back to the overall equities performance. I mean, I, I just had to double check the numbers. So yeah, finishing up by a quarter of 1%, 7,425. All things considered... Not too bad, outperforming some Asian markets, which was sort of the um, reverse of last week's scenario. But I suppose, at least right now, we're looking at e-minis looking pretty positive in the U.S. up by three-tenths of a percent. I'm timestamping this just, you know, uh, approaching the five o'clock hour here in Sydney. So, yeah, yeah. well, I guess that was also when we consider the weekly that we had on Wall Street on Friday. So a um, bit of a, a comeback there, yeah, a bit of a bit of risk off, I guess, because we had that PPI number out mm-hmm. on Friday too. So um, some concern there, I guess, mixed with, with the Delta picture of what's going on as far as uh, prices for those producers are concerned, whether they're going to pass them on. Uh, inflation remains a story, certainly for, uh, for many corporates out there. It does. For now, it appears as if they are able to pass along those increased input costs. But again, the U.S. Fed does not respond to supply shocks, and they are still very much of the view that this is supply-driven inflation. They do want to press ahead with the taper. We won't be hearing a lot from Fed officials now, of course, in a blackout before the FOMC next week. But to your point, keeping a very close eye on Delta in the U.S., the numbers are not good and the U.S. Fed has always said that that is still the biggest risk to the U.S. economy. And uh, got to say here at home as well, Andrew. Yeah, another issue weighing on investors' minds, I would have thought, too, is what's going on in China at the moment, mm-hmm. certainly as far as the, its intervention in the private sector is concerned because we had the, the breakup of the Ant Group, uh, Alipay, uh, and I think that sent some shutters through the market, just how extensive this intervention is going to be from the Chinese state. Yeah, and then you you counterbalance that against the fact that we saw some pretty good credit numbers coming through on the weekend. We have another data deluge that's coming this week. Uh, I've had a number of conversations with people just over the past few days that have said, look, China will come back to stimulate in ways that could benefit Australia if they miss those growth targets because they do not like missing their growth targets. But yeah, it's that overarching uncertainty when it comes to China, just really very much at the whim yeah, it's actually, of was, uh, authorities. I was speaking to James Whelan from VFS Group, and uh, he's actually got our view in the COB uh, today mm-hmm. talking about opportunity in China. He said, um, you know, as far as what they're looking at in the States, uh, perhaps time to uh, lighten the load 
uh, in the States. He's already invested in, in Europe. He sees potential there. So his next region to look at is Asia, in particular, not Hong Kong, but Macau, just as far as the reopening there is concerned, because you know what's in Macau. Gambling? Yeah, not a bad place to gamble, apparently. <laughs> not that I've been. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, you're getting people certainly from Hong Kong, but also in uh, mainland China too, likely to get in there as well. So he's seeing a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the Chinese story continues to be endlessly fascinating, sometimes slightly concerning, but um, fascinating all the, the various uh, ways in which you can can uh, slice that pie up. Um, materials did well today overall as a sector up by 1%, but it's the nature of some of these companies that are interesting. Pilbara, Silver Lake, Linus, Westgold, all amongst the best performers today on the Chi X200. Uranium stocks as well going gangbusters. Going nuclear. You didn't say that, Oh, I couldn't. I left yeah, that Yeah, that's for been you. a really interesting sector, isn't it? Because it's, it's showed a lot of promise. And, uh, of course, we keep thinking back to uh, the Fukushima disaster of, what was that, 10-plus years ago now, and where uh, uranium stocks just took a complete dive, mm-hmm. uh, given where the price went. But now it's gradually been sort of building in fits and starts. Uh, interesting. I mean, would you put your money there at the moment? Well, certainly speaking to a few analysts, they would. Oh, yeah. I think that there's a lot of opportunity in uranium. Not that anybody needs my opinion on it, but when you've got uh, uranium at its highest level since 2014, you've got this Sprott, uh, this Sprott Trust really helping to, uh, to drive the price of uranium going forward. There just seems to be a lot of heat in that area of the market. So watching those, we've got a couple of interviews up online if people want to go and have a look at them. Uh, We've also spoken with a Uranian company today. The name of it slips my mind at this very second. I think you did that interview in the one o'clock. But uh, also in the newsletter and via the show notes, you can access a bit of a a technical view on some miners. Michael Gable, um, MD at Fairmont Equities, sat down with Cara in the trade today to discuss three mining stocks that look good on the charts, including his favorite nickel play. Well, speaking of nickel, in fact, I was um, speaking to uh, Mr. O'Connor from Shore and Partners, our resident resource expert. And uh, yeah, look, obviously nickel having hit, what was eight-year highs? Uh, Just over the last couple of days. And uh, he said, it's not all about the EV play, because obviously nickel, you know, key ingredient in batteries, but also as far as, um, what was some metal I'm trying to think of that nickel is in? Um, Stainless steel? Aluminium. No, no, that's aluminium. (laughs) (laughs) Aluminium's an aluminium. Alumina is an aluminium. That's the other one. Alumina and bauxite. Where where alumina is going at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, obviously with what's happened with supply as far as bauxite is concerned. uh, Also a couple of refineries in, I think, Brazil and Jamaica, they're out. They've been damaged. Plus you had that coup in Guinea as well. So a lot of tightness in supply as far as that is concerned. But... Uh, look, he's also talking about gold again. He just can't see any greater value at the moment than gold. Mind you, I keep talking to analysts who like gold. But how long have we been talking about that for? I think it's months, expecting that price yeah, to come happening. back. Yeah. I've been doing a bit of reading, and I don't fully have a formed opinion about it, but just how you know the traditional, the traditional views around gold are broken down and that some of it could potentially have to do with Bitcoin. But... Um, We'll leave that one there only because I did want to get to the stock of the day before we 
before we lose momentum. And that's where the day started, wasn't it? With this announcement that uh, Sydney Airport had a revised offer on the table from that Sydney Aviation Alliance. It's an upgraded offer of $8.75 per share. If the offer becomes binding and there are no other offers that are received in the meantime, the board will will recommend shareholders vote in favor of that deal. So that was the starting point for Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor and Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics to give their view on uh, Sydney Airport. Great shame, I think, to lose Sydney Airport. We've had a buy on and off Sydney Airports for probably more than a decade. And it's been one of the great Australian businesses, a wonderful asset. Um, but I do think this bid is probably enough to get it over the line. I think future profitability might be impacted by the capital structure. I just don't think it's possible for Sydney Airport to run with so much debt in the future. And that's going to be a hit on equity investors. So I, if I was a shareholder, I'd, be, I'd just be selling and moving on. I think this is pretty much yep. a done deal. But there is an opportunity, there is a chance that someone else could sneak in. So the sensible decision is probably to wait it out. Yeah. Um, but um, I think this is a, probably going to be a done deal. This is a monopoly asset. Um, there is a quality asset. Um, everyone knew that. They were having an opportunistic bid. I mean, I think the Sydney airports is a done deal. Uh, I think Graham's right. I doubt there's going to be anyone else coming over the top. Valuations are pretty full here. Uh, but if you're a shareholder, you, you've got very little risk in holding, so why wouldn't you hold? Even if the yeah. market crashes, you've got to uh, take over a bid that's holding your share price. So I think a lot of these infrastructure stocks are going to go into that play because when you get into this low-growth environment, these kind of guys, you know, boring is sexy again. So these yeah. guys are back on. So Sydney Airport today up by close to 5%, finishing off at $8.37. So uh, not a lot of reason to sell because, of course, you'll get that that offer that's been put on the table or potentially somebody could come in with our group could come in with the revised offer. So they're saying, hold, hold, hold. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see whether Auckland airport comes under the radar, the most sort of similar asset, isn't it really? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess particularly as we're eventually going to have a reopen there. So they're going to make money one day. Well, that's the thing with Sydney Airport. I mean, I know a lot of people who put money into Sydney Airport uh, through this pandemic with that very fact in mind. You know, it's still pretty much a monopoly. Um, you know, it's a... It's a, well, it's a key gateway in oh, the country. Absolutely. And it, yeah. it's, it's infrastructure. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, look, tomorrow here we will hear from, from Philip Lowe, the RBA governor, and he will be talking about Delta. He will be talking about the economy. So I was having a few chats today, people saying, look, it's his chance to, to explain a little bit further the decision around that proceeding with the taper that we uh, got coming through next week. So hopefully we get a bit more color coming from the Reserve Bank governor. Well, he might have his eye on. We've got the um, ANZ Roy Morgan uh, Consumer Confidence Survey tomorrow too, plus uh, the NAB uh, business survey too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, two key important points of data there, just as where we're going. Obviously, bearing in mind what's going on with the lockdown, both in New South Wales and Victoria. Well, we want to know from business whether their confidence has been shaken, whether conditions have been shaken, which obviously they have been. But what does that mean for hiring? What does it mean for jobs? Are they putting off decisions in terms of spending, in terms of capex spending? All really fundamental questions that we'll get some insights into tomorrow. Now, tonight in the U.S., there's not a lot on, but we do have a really big week ahead of the FOMC. So we get August Consumer Price Index, so inflation. 
we get retail sales, we get industrial production, we get the Fed business surveys, and we get consumer confidence to end the week for the month of September, which will be so instructive to know if people are, are staying home because of Delta, if they're being shaken by the rising case counts and deaths, you've got to say, in the United States. And uh, add on to that, Andrew, we were talking about it earlier, is all the data coming from China. Which yeah, is so that's uh, coming to us Thursday. What, what's... Uh yeah, it's got retail sales, uh, investment, unemployment, home prices. Industrial yeah. production is a big yeah. one. Yeah, so, so yeah. good read there. Um, while we might not be run off our feet with corporate news, I do feel like we'll be run off our feet with a lot of the macro picture, which you know we talk about it a lot because as investors, that's, that's the foundation that's setting the scene for monetary policy and everything that comes next, which has you know such a direct and uh, meaningful impact on all of our investments. Yeah, so you know, I guess um, it, September's always an interesting time, isn't it? Because we do get that. I mean, dare I, you know, look at history of how volatile it's yeah. been in the past. But also bearing in mind, it's a bit of a hangover from reporting season too, isn't it? Particularly we, with so many stocks going ex-div. Well, yeah, and I, th- I think too, uh, you got the reporting season wash up. We've had eleven consecutive months of gains for the local market, and there's not a lot happening on the corporate front, generally speaking, until we start getting AGMs happening. That's when we'll get some more insight into the outlook coming from companies. I mean, there's always a cycle that we're looking forward to. We'll also, in November, get uh, some of the other banks reporting. So there's there's plenty to come. It's just right now, it's like the market is digesting uh, the seasonality and also just the uncertainty Yeah, well, around. I think every, everyone recognizes that we've, uh, you know, hit a lot of highs recently. Um, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of pullback there. Not today, though. We saw the local market, just to reiterate, at 7,425, up by tw- a quarter of 1%. So I'm sure the technical analysts are taking a look at all the drawings and figuring out what that means going forward, but we didn't break below any major technicals. And that is a good way to end this podcast. Nadine, have a good night. You too. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.